0: This is FCB Radio, where real talk lives. Visit us online at fcbradio.com. y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Marvel Halls and Silver Screens. My name is Sarah Lee and once again I am broadcasting to you this afternoon. It's a Friday afternoon from Washington D.C. but today is kind of a special broadcast because I'm sitting on broadcast row at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Committee's uh, annual um, conference every year. It's a big one. If you haven't heard of it, um, you should look it up because it's, it's every conservative you can think of from the tippy top on down into the grassroots, uh, activism work that gets done locally and at the state level. So I am broadcasting from here today, and this is just going to be kind of part of my show is just going to be sort of a setting the scene kind of thing, um, where I'm telling you, pretty much what I'm looking at and what happened on stage the past day, the past two days, actually. It started Wednesday. Um, And today's big guest was uh, Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State. I think Ivanka Trump spoke today as well. Yesterday saw Mike Pence, and tomorrow, Saturday, we'll see the president closing it out. Um, I don't think I'm going to be here for that, but um, that's what's happening, and security has been off the chain, um, and it's a pretty interesting um, event that happens every year. So this year, because I have a buddy who runs Broadcast (laughs) Row, he let me have a table. And so we've done this before in the past, um, but this year I'm just kind of doing a scene setting. I thought about trying to interview some people, but I decided against it because I just kind of like talking to you guys on my own. I have my own little Rush Limbaugh vibe. (laughs) I know it's probably heresy to compare myself to Rush, but there it is. Um, So I want to talk about what's been going on at CPAC and the first part of the show. And then from there, I will move into a review of the Amazon show Hunters. I don't know if you've heard about it. Um, I've been watching it. I haven't seen the entire first season yet, but I have seen several of the episodes. So I want to just give you a quick review on that in the middle of the show. And then at the end of the show, as usual, I will round it out with a story that kind of combines um, politics with Hollywood, because that is what this show was born of, that kind of, um, you know, unique relationship between the two cultures. So I have something on that front uh, from... Uh, Clint Eastwood, actually, Um, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard, but he actually has endorsed uh, Governor Bloomberg, which surprised a lot of people because a lot of people think of Clint as more of a conservative. But he came out and endorsed um, Bloomberg, which who's running as a Democrat, um, for president. And so the article, the Wall Street Journal article, where he discusses that a little bit, um, came out about a week ago. So I want to talk to you just briefly about that article and how I think that I'm not sure what's in Clint Eastwood's head or heart, but he's a pretty good example of a free thinker. Um, I'm quite certain that, you know, the president's not thrilled that someone with Clint Eastwood's star power decided not to endorse him this time. But I also think that, and I'm not sure that Bloomberg's the direction I personally would have gone, but Clint is a free thinker, and in a way, he's indicative of why that's important. So um, so I just want to talk about that article right at the end. Okay, so let's start with CPAC. Um, all right, so just to set the scene, I've, I'm going to, when I when I write my column that accompanies this... Um, I'll put a picture or two of what the event looks like. And I think if you're a conservative in the country um, or a libertarian or somebody that's a little right of center or even a Democrat who's just kind of conservative curious, I should say, I guess, um, you should, if you if you are ever able to, you should try to come to this event because it really is. If you want to know what conservative policymakers are acting on and trying to make happen, and and uh, where their heads are at, and sort of the direction the country is headed from their perspective, this event pretty much covers all bases. So, for example, on Wednesday they started with you know, um, you know, discussion of the Russia collusion hoax, the coup is what they're calling it, um, which is an important topic and I think you know as John Durham wraps up his investigation and starts uh, leaking out some of the information that he's uncovered uh, we'll know more about that and I think more people are going to care about that as that uh, starts happening um, you know then on Wednesday they also did a, a big um, a big presentation on socialism uh, they talked to uh, legislators like Senator Marsha Blackburn and Senator Josie Jenny Ernst Um Then on Thursday, yesterday, was just nuts that there were times where even the media couldn't get back in because Vice President Pence was speaking, and I know some of the CPAC organizers, and they told me that there were some, you know, concerns, that there were people who were going to potentially come in and cause problems. So they alerted the Secret Service, and the Secret Service took no uh, chances, and so they would... They treated Pence like, you know, precious cargo, basically, and if you left the um, broadcast row area and the main ballroom area, you couldn't get back in until he was gone and they had cleared the building. So that left a lot of very big-name reporters I saw downstairs unable to get back upstairs. I know that um, a lot of live shows actually had to bump some of their guests to to accommodate that. And in a way, that should make you happy because that tells you that our Secret Service is on the job, right? They're not going to allow the media to carry on with their business if they've got a job to do in protecting the vice president. So it's actually a really good thing. It's not good for the media. They didn't like it, I'm sure. Uh, I couldn't get back upstairs either. Um, but it, it does tell you that, that we, you know, the premium is placed on protecting our um, our vice president. And that's a really good thing. And that's, you know... That's great. Um, So that happened yesterday. As well as Pence speaking, there were some fascinating other uh, speakers yesterday as well. Um, Ted Cruz, who has the fantastic uh, podcast called The Verdict, where they were recording every day after impeachment, after the impeachment trial, Um, they actually recorded from the stage yesterday, he and Michael Knowles. And they spoke with Ronna McDaniel, who's the GOP, uh, chairwoman, the I'm sorry, the RNC chairwoman, um, the Republican National Committee, um, and so that was an interesting uh, that was an interesting discussion about how their podcast started and what they're going to be doing going forward. I think they are. It sounds like they are going to try to continue it. So if you haven't checked out that podcast and you're interested in politics and particularly conservative politics, you should check out Verdict. Um, it rose pretty quickly. I think it became the number one podcast in the world um, which is amazing. So, um, so yeah, so check that out. That was recorded from the stage yesterday. Then you have, you know, you have people like, let's see who else Lee Smith, who I think I've told, I've talked to you guys about his book before, um, the plot against the president. Um, he was here doing a book signing. I did not get my book signed, unfortunately, but he was definitely here. I think he's here again today, which again, this is Friday um some other people that spoke yesterday again much more on Russia gate they call it the coup they call it russia gate they call it the russia collusion hoax um so you know th- there's a lot of topi- talking about that uh fbi lovebirds which i've covered on this show before um i saw it here in dc it's the dramatic reading of the texts between um fbi agent uh peter Strzok and his Erstwhile uh lover, Lisa Page. She, she was an FBI attorney. Um, this is a dramatic reading of their text, but for you know, while they were going through Russia collusion and the um investigation into Hillary's server, email server. Um, and it's hilarious. It's so funny because they're they don't change the the text and they don't contextualize them. But it's as if these two uh two were you know, star-crossed teenage lovers. Um, Dean Kane and Christy Swanson play the titular roles, and um, it's really funny. So they they actually performed that yesterday. Um, Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch, who I want to say Judicial Watch, just they just keep filing lawsuits, keep filing FOIA requests. They are they have not stopped in their work trying to figure out what what was going on in the incumbent administration um, pre. Donald Trump. Um, so they were here doing, you know, they, they they actually have a broadcast row booth, too, and they've been interviewing people for the past two days. And Tom Fitton did a, pr- a presentation yesterday. So that's kind of some of the stuff that happened here yesterday. Um, today, as I mentioned, Mike Pompeo spoke at lunch. Um, I'll have a piece up on that in a little while. It was a very good speech. Um, some of this stuff that happens at CPAC, it's not... So much about getting in deep into the policy weeds. It's it's not trying to be overly wonky. Um, it's just trying to inform the general public on um, pretty much what the administration is trying to do. So. Uh, You can't expect, some of the breakout sessions are a little deeper, but most of the stuff that happens on the main stage, it's just kind of like, this is the focus of the State Department, because that is what Pompeo is. He's the Secretary of State. So that's what his speech was about. But it was a pretty fascinating speech, because one of the things that he mentioned was that one of the philosophies he sort of lives by in life is he doesn't give an inch on his values, and he's taken that to... Um, his position at, at state. And I think that's an incredibly important statement to make because we are currently living in a culture, I believe, where people are encouraged every day to give inches and more on their values to fit in, to get jobs, um, to, you know, look at what's going on in college campuses where, uh, you can't even, your values may be completely different from what the, um, sort of accepted, um, usually left-leaning, um, ideology is on that campus, but in order to fit in, people are constantly being asked to give a little on those values, give them up, um, stop, stop speaking, uh, stay quiet, um, so I think that Pompeo's, um, speech where he was talking about not giving any, any inch on his values is a very important one, so that happened today, um. Also, I think Ivanka Trump spoke today, as did Jared Kushner. Um, So they were here. They've been doing a lot of work on jobs and... um, You know, just, I know Ivanka has been heavy involved in traveling the world um, on women's issues and women's employment. So they were here speaking today as well. Um, Candace Owens also spoke about Blexit, which was an interesting, you can find all of this online too, and it's worth your while. You should maybe look because it might surprise you. Um, Some of these people come across, I think, online, Candace Owens certainly does, as, you know, almost almost angry. But when you hear her speak, I think she's just pushing back in some ways. Because when you hear her speak, she's extraordinarily thoughtful. Uh, she doesn't come across like she's just this, you know, fed up young lady who's just had enough. She's actually quite thoughtful. And her speech today was uh, steeped in history, not just American history, but world history. Um, So I would look that one up online and see if you could find it. Um, You'll be able to find all of these online. There's a YouTube channel for CPAC, and you can find all of the speeches there. So I would recommend that you do that. So that's what's happening at at CPAC. As I mentioned, so today is Friday. It's the, technically I guess it's the third day, even though Wednesday is a short day. Um, And then Saturday... Oh, oh, another person that spoke is Benjamin Watson, who, and I wanted to highlight this. Uh, he has a, he's a former NFL football player. He has just released basically a self-produced, um, documentary on abortion and how the issue divides us. I believe he is pro-life himself. Um, and I am not sure, but I heard that his documentary was actually playing here, um, I think the name of it is Divided Hearts. I I could be wrong about that, but I believe that's the name of it. Um, So I think they actually screened his documentary here. I looked for it online and couldn't find it. But I think it's worth looking at because uh, Benjamin Watson, as I mentioned, is a pro-life former NFL football player. He is devoutly Christian, and that informs his pro-life leanings. So, um, yeah, so that's another one I would look up. He spoke. um, He also uh, was was in a book signing as well. Um, he's a very interesting guy, and I think we're going to hear more from him going forward too. Because he kind of, kind of crosses a bunch of cultural lines, right? A sports guy, but heavy Christian. Um, you know, I just—he's an interesting guy. Uh, so look for that one as well. Um, tomorrow, as I mentioned, I think James O'Keefe is uh, speaking um, in a special event about some of the Project Veritas stuff, which is. I mean, I, it's very interesting, the kind of work that they're doing. Sometimes I think it's a, it's a little gotcha for me, but I understand why they're doing it. And I understand why people, why we need to know about some of this stuff. Um, so James O'Keefe, something to look to. And then, like I said, Donald Trump is closing out the day at 3 p.m. He's speaking. So um, this is CPAC. And if you ever get the chance to come, you should definitely try. If you're in the D.C. area, it happens every year. Or if you think you can make the trip, sometimes if you apply to be a volunteer, you can come for, uh, you know, free. Um, You you won't be able necessarily to access everything, but you can get in and you can kind of wander around and go to the main speeches. Um, So there are ways to do it on the cheap. Um, So that's CPAC. Again, I have been in D.C. now for almost, I guess, about nine years, and I've worked this event Uh, more years, uh, than I haven't. Um, this year I'm sitting on broadcast row, but there was a time where I was behind broadcast row, helping book people, helping, uh, the radio hosts get set up. Um, things have changed for me. Um, and hopefully I will do this again next year. It's, it's, it's a pretty fascinating event. And like I said, I'll try to put some pictures up so you guys can see some of the things I'm seeing while here. Okay. So that's CPAC. Let's talk briefly about Hunters on Amazon. So I started watching this the other day. I knew I wanted to see it because I'm a big fan of Al Pacino. I think Al Pacino is just an interesting actor. Um, actually one of the, my favorite Al Pacino movies And this is just because I'm weird. I also love Adam Sandler. So I've seen pretty much everything Adam Sandler has done. Um, But one of uh, my favorite Al Pacino performances is in an Adam Sandler movie called Jack and Jill, where Adam Sandler plays him like a a male character and the male character's twin sister, who is also Adam Sandler dressed as a woman. Uh, And Al Pacino has this hilarious role where he plays himself, right? And he is so funny in it. So I, I really like Al Pacino. So I was like, I'm going to, and of course, all of the other great stuff he's done from The Godfather on, Serpico, uh, Dog Day Afternoon, all the great 70s ones. Um, so Al Pacino is great. So when Hunters came out, I knew I wanted to see it, even if people were already saying, oh, it's not good. I don't want to see it. As a matter of fact, I spoke to someone yesterday who said, I've avoided watching it because I've heard it's not good. Um, so I, I don't tend to do that. I tend to be, um, you know, much more circumspect when it comes to those things. And I try to just decide for myself what I think I'm going to like. So Hunters came out and I knew I wanted to see it. So I began watching it. It is a television show. It's on Amazon Prime. And I have to say, I knew what it was about. I knew it was going to be about sort of a fictionalized group of Nazi hunters um, in the 70s. Um, So I was like, okay, we'll see how this goes. Uh, But I have to say that as I watched it, um, I was actually pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. Um, It was so much better than, than I expected it to be. It it sort of reads like a, um, comic book, right? It it surprised me that it's, if it's not based on a comic book, that's very interesting because it, it it sort of reads like that. It visually looks like it's, it's based on a comic book. It has the same kind of revisionist history kind of feel as a lot of the graphic novels that, you know, we're familiar with that have been made into films. Um, so, so yeah, so I actually really like it. There's no doubt that it, that it's, um, that it's produced very well. And the acting is fantastic. As a matter of fact, the young guy who, who plays the lead, who's the, uh, the young man who kind of starts the action going, um, He's very, very good. I I can totally see him, you know, getting gigs from here on in uh, just from this show alone. He's excellent in it. So um, I really like it, and I like the sort of fantastic um, idea that um, there were, Nazi hunters in the 70s in New York City who were trying to, basically the plot is they're trying to rid the world of the former Third Reich uh, members. Um, So it's good. I really like it. And I like the, you know, there's been some criticism about it because um, I think the Auschwitz Memorial had been critical of it because they felt like they were sort of dramatizing the tragedy of um, the Final Solution and the Nazi regime um, and, and sort of taking liberties with it in a way that made uh, that made people uncomfortable and they didn't really like it. Um, but, you know, I, I have spoken to people who are Jewish who have seen it and they are not bothered by it in that way. As a matter of fact, the impression I get is that they sort of like this idea that people still care about what it's not that people don't care, but you know, history's long. The arc of history is long. And, and as we get further away from these events, people tend to forget and they don't pass down sort of the horror as, as well as maybe we could, they don't keep it fresh. So, um, I think that's, that happens with everything. Right. And, um, and, and that happened here, I think, with with Nazi Germany. I think we go, you know, the younger generations don't know as much about it. Well, Hunters is going to change that. Hunters is definitely going to put that in their faces. And it should be because that is, you know, the, the horror of the Holocaust is something that we as humanity, not just not just in the West, but as humanity that we should never, ever, ever, ever forget. So this dramatization of these Nazi hunters in the seventies, um, it's really good. It's good in a lot of different ways. It's good visually and as entertainment. Um, It's also good as a good reminder culturally. Um, And it's, it is just well shot. It's well produced. It's well acted. It's well written. I I really enjoy it. And I would recommend it heavily to anybody that wants to, uh, that wants to watch it. I think it's really good. Okay, so we have about, oh, I don't know, about 10 minutes left before I have to wrap this up um, and send it along for production. Uh, As I said, I just got handed something and I wish, I'm going to have to find this lady, uh, in, in a little bit after I get off the air, she's got some, some China experts and that would be cool to talk to someone who's a China expert. But as she walked by, I get so distracted by trying to, uh, record that I just can't, I can barely even, (laughs) there's so much going on here. There are people walking by staring at you, you feel like a fish in a tank. So I'll have to find her when I get off, uh, from recording because she was handing out a flyer with experts from China. And I think that's, uh, Uh, you know, available to be spoken to. And I think that's um, something that I just would like to do in my daily, you know, sort of work life. Um, Okay, so that was a little bit of an aside. Um, So let's talk briefly. We'll we'll wrap it up with this uh, Clint Eastwood stuff, right? So Clint Eastwood, you may have heard that he has endorsed uh, Governor Bloomberg for president, which a lot of people were very surprised that he did that because they sort of assume, I think, that Clint Eastwood is a Republican or a conservative. Um, I, I think that's a funny assumption to make because the man has made his bones and his living in Hollywood. So, um, you know, uh, I, I probably wouldn't have gone that far, but this wall street journal article that came out, hmm, let's see, February 21st. So it's was about a week ago. Um, in it, he talks very briefly about some of these cultural issues and a little bit about his opinions on Trump in general. And what he says, he describes himself apparently as a libertarian. Now, if you don't know much about libertarianism, libertarians tend to be um, very free thinkers. They actually have some ideas that the hardcore ones actually have ideas that I think would surprise people. I mean, they really, really want to just be left alone. They don't want government in their business at all. A lot of them think that foreign policy, you know, that we're anywhere at all in the world protecting our interests is overdone. They think that, you know, um, we really should just sort of stay to ourselves and not just as individuals, but as a nation. And um, you know, there's something to be said for that kind of uh, for that kind of thinking. But that's how he describes himself as a libertarian. Uh, so what he says in this article, this Wall Street Journal article, he talks a lot about some of his films, which is very cool. Because he made some good ones. He talks a lot about Gran Torino, uh, which if you haven't seen that one, is also very good. It, you know, he's a bigot. He plays a bigot who kind of comes to um, sort of a, you know, sort of an understanding about how to respect people that aren't like him. Um, he just recently made the Richard Jewell film. Um, he said it got, he th- he feels like it got mired in some of the Me Too stuff <clears throat> because, the reporter had, you know, the the Wall Street Journal had decided that she was, <coughs> excuse me, um, in, improperly being tainted because of her relationship with a police officer. So, <coughs> excuse me, so Clint had a problem with that in terms of, you know, how the, the film was promoted and sold. However, that's, you know, that's his film work on his... Uh, on his endorsement of Bloomberg, he basically says that he he doesn't, he likes some of the things that Trump has done, but that he doesn't like his behavior, and he wishes that Trump would be a little more genteel. Um, And that's how a lot of people feel about Trump, frankly. A lot of people who support Trump feel that way about him. Um, You know, I feel that way about him at times. What Clint says is he wishes the president would act, quote, in a more genteel way without tweeting and calling people names. I would personally like for him to not bring himself to that level. I can get behind that. My issue, though, is that I think that Clint uh, is remiss, and a lot of people are remiss when they make that the biggest uh, part of what Trump is doing, because there is no doubt that our economy has improved. People are back to work. We have a trade deal with China. Um, we have renegotiated our deal, our trade deal with uh, Canada and Mexico into a brand new trade deal. Um, people are more secure. Uh, you can say that we're more divided, but I just don't think that we are. I think what we're doing is correcting, and Pompeo said this today from the stage, we're correcting a lot of the things that happened uh, with the incumbent administration, and that means culturally, too. We were sort of at each other's throats, and we were encouraged to be. So, yes, well, I feel like Trump's, you know, behavior sometimes is less than, than genteel, and as a Southerner, that's very important. That's a, genteel is a word that means something to me. I don't think that that's enough to demonize the man, because look, when you start lionizing politicians, you have a problem. These are men and women who are flawed, just like the rest of us. So if that's Trump's flaw, is that he's less than genteel, but everything else is firing okay... I'm personally fine with it. So I don't agree with, uh, with Eastwood that that requires, you know, the endorsement of a, you know, to endorse someone like Bloomberg who really is sort of big government and he likes to institute things like soda taxes and things like that. Um, I don't think that, you know, the dislike of Trump should should make you endorse someone like Bloomberg or embrace, like the Never Trumpers have done, embrace literal socialists, right? They'll vote for anybody who, you know, flirts with socialism just because they don't like Trump. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, but in terms of Trump's, you know, personality as being less than genteel, true, that's, that's a fair criticism. I just don't think personally that uh, Clint Eastwood is... Um, I love the guy and I love his work, but I don't think I would have gone so far were it me to endorse a Bloomberg because I have a problem with the gentility of someone. So... Yeah. So you can, but you know, but it doesn't make me dislike Clint. He shouldn't be canceled for it by the extreme right. Just like no one should be canceled for anything by the extreme left. Frankly, I feel like that's our real tyranny that we flirt with is this cancel culture. And we're so deep into it. And I hope we can come back away from it. Because to me, that's for all of the talk of Trump's an authoritarian and the Democrats are socialist. All of those things are, they really sort of, They're theoretical, but the cancel culture behavior is happening. It's actually happening. Um, And I think that's basically the closest we've gotten to real tyranny. And the saddest part about it is that we're doing it to ourselves. And, And that just... We got to we got to tighten up, and we got to start unifying again, and accepting that we can have differences of opinion, um, and it's okay. That's sort of the that's sort of the spirit of this country. It's it's how we started. The Federalist Papers are full of that. It's how we started. It's how we've been going forever, and there is nothing wrong with it. And we should not be slaughtering each other, uh, you know, in the in the press or on social media just because we don't agree all the time. Um, so that's it. That's my show for today. I'm sitting here watching. Again, I'm watching all of the events go on around me. There are people everywhere. It's packed. Um, so it's just so distracting. And I feel, I really hope I wasn't rude to the woman who was walking by with the, with the um, flyer for China experts from the Epic Times, because I, I think I do want to talk to her about this later. I think I just sort of couldn't be distracted, and I don't think I gave her too much of a too much of a nod. So hopefully, I can find her. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I hope this is in some way interesting to you. Again, if you think you might want to hear anything from some of these legislators and dignitaries and people that appeared here at CPAC, you can always find it online. Just do a Google search; it would be worth your while, even if you don't vote that way. Go ahead and inform yourself. Uh, figure out what, you're, what you are against if that's what you need to do. But that's that's part of this political process, is, and it's important. And if you are conservative, I think if you get online and you find some of this stuff from CPAC, you will be pleasantly surprised at what you hear. There's a lot of stuff that indicates that, you know, there are serious people with good um, intent who have excellent plans for how, where we're heading. So that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. As always, you guys, stay cool or warm, depending on where you are, and try to be nice to each other, and I'll talk at you again next week. We have an all-point bulletin out on a man with green hair. I repeat, we have an APB on a man with green hair. He's armed with a knife. I repeat, he's armed with a knife. Proceed with caution. Watch your back, fellas. He can be coming after your girlfriend. Psychiatric board His face up on a bulletin board With a He'll stab you with a sword Don't be fooled by his charm He's probably... The FCB Radio Network First class broadcasting worldwide With lucky landslots You can get lucky just about anywhere Dearly beloved We are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here We were getting lucky in the limo And we lost track of time